What are we doing, Ben, today? We're doing the Ornithology. I'm Ben Hyten. And I'm Alex Belletti. And we're expendabilizing for the third time. Expendables 3, directed by Patrick Hughes from 2014. With a story by Stallone. Story by Stallone, yeah. It's a curious setup to this one because the the Expendables movies were always about getting these old action movie stars back together. And it was kind of just a license to do that. The plot was inconsequential it was action wisecracks old action guys right yeah so in this one a large portion of the plot is taken up with getting a bunch of young people who are largely unproven in action movies into the film and referencing the fact that they're doing that so the film itself as you quite rightly say is a send-up of 80s action stars 80s 90s action stars it was a kind of the expendables movies are a revival of the 80s action films and they they are a meta level already of humour around that. And then they just take it to a whole new level in this, with referencing the fact that Stallone's plan for infiltrating some place is from 1985. Like, yeah, Ronda yeah. Rousey gives him a yeah. look and says, yeah, it's a great plan, if it's in 1985, you know? And so it's like, well... You're doing it again. It's like you're taking it another level. It's like, yeah, and let's introduce the, new the, blood, but let's also, I don't go on. What are you going to say? Go on. The high tech solution, like the high tech plan, has been done since about 1995. It's not new. Like it's, 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 it's not. New. Not. It's like it's like so. The new blood that 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 they're um, bringing in are from the 90s. There's not new blood. They're referencing Captain Planet. You know, okay. those in the end, in the scene in the bar at the end, the young people are like doing a kind of with their with their new Expendables tattoos. They're doing their like, yeah, yeah. Hey, we're Planeteers, we're Captain Planet, okay. and they're having a joke right. about. I was like, that's that's our generation. It's the thirty somethings, right? No, I think even I'm too young for Captain Planet. But so what I want to do is, we've got all of the old guys back. We've got Stallone, we've got Statham, we've got Cruz, we've got Randy Couture, we've got Jet Li, we've got Arnie. I'm happy to talk about all of those guys. We've got Dolph Lundgren. Sorry, I forgot about him. I'm happy to talk about all of those guys. What I want to do is go down the list of the new blood. And you tell me whether you think they were a good addition to the Expendables franchise. All right. Let's do it quick fire with then some reasoning afterwards. We don't have to. Well, let's go. Um, I want to get down the list, though. So I want to start with the new guys. So you've got Glenn Powell, who played Thorn. He was the rock climber guy. He's the tech guy. Yeah, uh, fine, but nothing to him. Fine. Uh, then you've got Victor Ortiz, who was Mars. He was the sort of the stocky boxer guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, good. Didn't see enough of him. He was barely in it, was he? Yeah, but could have been, could have been good, but don't know. Then you've got Kellen Lutz, who yeah, played Smiley, who yeah. who's the good-looking guy. Yeah, I mean that's his job, isn't it, to be the good-looking guy, uh, who threw the fight, right? He, he threw the fight, yeah, and that's right. Stallone could see that he threw the fight. That's how good he is. Um, yeah, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that actually fits well in a team movie. That's I think he's maybe I know why a he's team in the film. movie, but yeah, not in a team up movie. You know, no, that's why he's in there because he's yeah. a he's a Twilight cast. Member, oh yeah, he is. So he's supposed to bring in the young uh, teen sh- girls and their boyfriends, but he's just. 
I think he's really bad. He did what I would call smell the fart acting in a few scenes. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Joey. Um, Ronda Rousey as Luna. Great. I just, I've got a lot of time for her anyway. I don't think she's the most fantastic of actresses. She's not. She gets away with it, though, because of her look. I'm not saying because she's pretty. I'm just, I'm actually saying because of her look. She's got a look. She's she's interesting. She can also do, yeah, she's interesting looking. She can, she can do acting without doing any acting. So, because she can just do a face and it's kind of, you, you don't really assess whether she's acting well or not. And so I'm a bit, I'm biased. I'm completely biased. I can't really tell whether or not she did a good job. Physically, though, she's kind of fantastic. Actually, her her she's hard as balls. Yeah, her work, her her stunt work is amazing. I mean, you can see she's doing a lot of it, if not all of it. Um, and I, the note I wrote was um, they all have these little uh, solo battles. Each of them, yeah. it's really nice, yeah. actually. In the final sequence, it's the the thing I like most about final sequence. Because I was in danger of just getting too messy and too big. And then having these little solo battles, they all kind of get one. All the major protagonists get one. And you've got Ronda Rousey doing it. Banderas doing it. Snipes has a little one, not that big. But Statham's got one, which is just, it tops. It's just really amazing. He's got this little sequence. It's, it's really it's, fantastic. You know, it's like everything yeah. you want Statham to do, he does in that I'm so sequence. glad you noticed how excellent that was. Because it really, I think it really was excellent. And it was a, it was a textbook Statham sequence, but then Ronda Rousey's got her own little bit, which is really nice as well. And she's doing all her WWE. Is that what it is? That her MMA MMA. Sorry, did she not do like wrestling though as well? No, I mean she, M- MMA. It combines wrestling, but not not entertainment wrestling. It's yeah, yeah, proper yeah. It's real fighting. Out. It's real yeah, fighting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what I was I, You know, I've got no idea, so I'm embarrassing myself and my knowledge about that using those acronyms. You, but you can see that she's there's some showmanship there going on as well, um, and so it does it does end up looking a little bit like entertainment wrestling, with some of the sure. things that she's doing, yeah. uh, which which fine. I don't know how she feels about it anyway. So yeah, there you go. So Ronda Rousey's yeah good. Okay, the um, the real wild card in the pack, Kelsey Grammer yeah. as Bonaparte. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer, action star. Okay. So from when Cheers. I when I very first saw this, <laughs> action star from Cheers is great. Well, you know, in fairness to Kelsey Graham, he played Beast in X Men. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Okay, so he's not. But that's it, right? That's it. Yeah, he's not known for it because he was blue and and covered in hair when he was playing Beast, and so it wasn't really obviously him. And I'm certain he didn't do any of the stunt work. I'm sure it was CG. And- Whatever. Wouldn't it be amazing if we're totally wrong? Yeah, like he did everything. He's, he's got he's got a, so, a, a whole other career as a stuntman. Be amazing! I would love that. Please write in if you know anything about Kelsey Grammer's action star status that we do not know. Please tell us. So um, Kelsey Grammer is in this. He's kind of taking on the Mickey Rourke role from the first film. He's like bringing all the guys together. He is taking on that role. And actually, if you're going to compare him to him, I much prefer his character. Having said that. I do not you, think. Sorry, you prefer which Kelsey Grammer? Grammar. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. yeah. I prefer Kelsey Grammer's character. I think I, he sells it well. Kelsey Grammer, his character. I like his character. I just think he's badly cast, and I, I think it should have been someone else. John Ratzenberger. <laughs> You're just thinking of the Cheers cast now. Ted Danson. Anyone from Cheers? Anyone else from Cheers would have been good. Man, Carla. Imagine if it. Imagine if it was Ted Danson. Yeah. Okay. So. If you've seen any Bored to Death, 
uh, Ted Danson's fantastic in that, and he would have been excellent in this role. And that's it's, I, I, it's an accident, actually, that you that you. But that's not who I thought of. Obviously not. I wasn't thinking of the Cheers cast. You thinking of Niles? Can you guess who I was thinking of? <laughs> Niles Crane would have been better. <laughs> than, no, because okay, so I don't think Kelsey Grammer embarrassed himself. I think the addition of the character is good. I yeah. just think Kelsey Grammer did the best he could with some very badly written lines. I mean, really I, bad. But I, I really liked the bit in the truck, though. Like, the one bit of dialogue he has about the shadow on his lung. Go on. I t- well, because he's saying to... Uh, him and Sly are talking about getting old and, yeah, yeah. and their family and all of that. And he says, uh, have you been for a checkup recently? And no, not in a while. He's like, yeah, I did. There was a shadow on my lung. There's lung, lung. They found a lump. It's pretty bad. So just, you know, getting my affairs in order and all that. And Sloan's really like, oh man, I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> nah, it's all bullshit. I'm just uh, just checking that you're still human. You know, you still got feelings. But then it's the way that it sort of lingers after that. And he goes, I got you though, didn't I? He's like, yeah, you did get me. You saw a version I didn't. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I did watch the extended version. So I didn't see any of that. And I oh, think it would have made that scene so much better. Because I, the reason why I was smiling as you're saying, I was like, oh, go on then with that line. is because I didn't like that scene. Not because of the cancer bit. It was because it just, there was a line in there that just completely, I was already like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of buying Kelsey Grammer as this character, but maybe not. And then there was a line in there that just got me thinking, is that an actual line of dialogue? Or is it a character description that was written in gra- in brackets that just never got turned into an actual piece of dialogue and he's so what, he, so the, what di- the, you know? the line is that uh, he says something like um uh just putting i think it's putting my affairs in order and just uh and my kids and you know those kids that i never speak to or something like that yeah and it's like it just sounded like something nicked out of the character's bio he has kids he never speaks to yeah, those yeah, kids yeah. i never speak to you know it was expo- <laughs> sure. it was expo- it was expository that's what i'm trying to say and i didn't like it and then my the scene ended there well no because i've got it on blu-ray and it gives you the option at the beginning of extended or theatrical so i watched the I saw so the i probably got more version. i probably got more swearing and violence than you as well oh yeah actually there was very little swearing in mine oh who's your recast who's your recast can you guess well give me a clue Hey, it's the guy who could... Well, I don't know if I can without giving it away. Patrick Stewart. I, I, it's not bad, but it's not who I would want. No. Carrot Top. <laughs> yes. You got it. Adam Sandler. I knew no. it. No. Rob no, Schneider. Rob Schneider. No. None of these. James Spader, man. I think James Spader would have been excellent in that role. Yeah, okay. It's too It's too little, though. You, you would want so much more James Spader in your movie. Do you think that it. you wouldn't get more James Spader if you cast him in that role? Yeah, true, true, true. There would just be more. They would just write more for him. Then we've got Dr. Death, Wesley Snipes. Awesome. Just excellent. He it, is. He's got a really decent entrance, you know, where he's got the crazy eyes and he has like an action scene straight away. Like they've come to rescue him off this train that's taken him to a, a, a hellish prison. And they, they, there's a, you know, five minute action scene with a helicopter in him. And instead of getting on the helicopter and going, he runs to the gun at the front of the train and starts firing at this prison. And you know straight away, this guy's a bit tapped. And he's got that great crazy eye thing. Just, it's the same character stands. he played in Demolition Man, pretty much. Kind of. A I, bit more reined in. A bit, yeah, sure. More reined in on the good side of crazy, you know, on the good guy side of crazy. But at the same time, physically... 
I looks can't great. fault he his performance. Great. It's amazing. And y- you know my feeling about Wesley Snipes' physicality. He's got something just in the way he moves, a very deliberate movement. Yeah, similar but, you know, like to when Statham. He's, to when he's doing the... Yeah. Like yeah, hitting yeah. people with his elbow. No one can see that, man. No one can see no, what I you're know, doing that. I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> Do it again, just but... in case. <laughs> um, he's, he's a really good martial artist, and it's such a shame that... Um, he didn't get to do more really great action films. I'm really glad that he got Blade. That point you're making right now is exactly why he's in this movie. And this yeah. is the sort of meta level stuff that's threaded throughout. So we mentioned that earlier, that it's a bit weird that the purpose of these movies is to pay homage to a dying breed of action star. But then they try and bring in these new action stars that aren't action stars. They're referencing things badly. But also I picked up on this thread that I didn't pick up on. Uh, the the first time I watched it, which is that not only is it referencing the genre and the dying breed of actor in the genre, it's also referencing the fact that it's a movie. Like so many scenes, the lines are about the actors themselves. They're not just about... Yeah, I've got a yeah, point on that when the, we get to the, the next actor. There's a ton of lines. I've only written a few of them down. But there's so many lines that make reference to the to the person not not the characters well, and, they've played. And, not so like, in Wesley Snipes' case, yeah, go on. I think it's Randy Couture says yeah. to him, um, "What did you do? Like, what were you put away for, or whatever?" And he says, "Tax evasion," which is true, right? Which is yes, he had to leave America and pay back about eight million dollars in did he unpaid not do taxes. Some time in prison, I, th- I think he did. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. Yeah, and and and, and this was his post-prison comeback. So you've got an actor who was in prison. For tax evasion, right? In real life. Yeah. And he hasn't really done anything since Blade. Because Bla- he's been in prison. Yeah, because he'd been in prison. <laughs> and then you write him a part in your movie that's saying, we're going to rescue you from prison. You're going to make a joke about the fact that you've been in prison for tax evasion, right? For eight years. And I think it's about the same amount of time, actually. I don't know how, that, how much time he was in actual in real prison, but so, so they're doing for Snipes what they did with Schwarzenegger in the second one. It's like we're going to ease you back in. We're going to show that you've still got it. And every line, every line is is testament to that. It's 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 literal. It's not even figurative in some moments. And the and the the banter between him and Statham, and you know Statham's character is called Christmas. And it's he, one of my favorite additions. And uh, so Statham's is, character has all that, all the knife throwing stuff, right? But that's also Snipes' skill. Because he was Blade. Exactly. That's And the blades are like the blade and blades. His knives are shinier and silver. And there's so many little tiny references to their careers and their selves. And it just is littered throughout. It's almost as though the script is, is an homage to the actors as well, not just their careers. And, you know, Snipes says even the line, like, I'm the knife before Christmas, you know. Yeah. Which terrible. Terrible line. And um, loads of terrible lines like that everywhere. Then we've got Harrison Ford taking, taking over from Church. That's it. That's my reaction. So he's he's general drummer or something? Major. Something drummer, major, major. Major drummer. That's right. Um, I'm a major he has, drummer. He has one of those lines terrible. that you're talking about because they say, what happened to Church? Or I'm... I'm I'm waiting for a guy called Church, or I'm expecting a guy called Church, which is Bruce Willis's character in the first two. And Ford says, he's out of the picture. Thank you. Do you know why Bruce Willis is not in this movie? No, I don't. I I never found out. 
So they wanted to get him back. It was going to be four days work. And they were going to pay him 750 grand a day. So it's $3 million yeah. for four days work. And Willis said, make it a million a day and I'll come. And they went, no, you're not getting an extra million dollars. No, fine. Well, that's it. You're out. Um, I've got Harrison Ford on the line. He'll do it. And that's what happened. So they Fair killed, enough. killed Bruce Willis's character because he was greedy. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, and it's not as though Bruce Willis needs the work, though, right? He's still working. Well, he's doing a lot of DVD stuff, isn't he? I, you know, I'm not saying he's not, but what, I don't know what he wants or what he needs. I've got no idea. This isn't the Willis cast. I Money. Don't care. That's what he wants. You don't seem to particularly enjoy Harrison Ford. Oh, in my this God. Film. I enjoy Harrison Ford. Yeah. But in this. If every act, if every other actor in this film gets like an homage to their career, Harrison Ford's the one who doesn't. All he gets is jibes about the fact that he's old. He gets to play a, a douchebag CIA guy, and he has the worst lines. I mean, okay, I'm I'm going to pick you up on this. He does have two references to his actual life. I mi- I miss them. I miss them. Well, he's a pilot. Yeah. He's Harrison Ford is a well-known oh, pilot who I has rescued people in I, his plane and things like that. I had no idea. I didn't know that about him. I thought they were trying not to make Star Wars references. That's what I thought they were trying not oh, to okay. do. But also, he's been heavily criticised for the last 15, 20 years for sleepwalking through movies, for not engaging, not being engaging and not engaging with the material. So in the bar yeah. at the end, when he says, I haven't had this much fun in years, or whatever... That's, I think, supposed to be saying, um, I do care. Yeah. And just give, I'm having fun. Give me better I'm roles. Trying to have yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe give me more interesting roles. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I'll take that point. Real subtle, those references. And I hated his lines. I, almost every line he said, I hated. And it just got really bad with these two absolutely ridiculous lines when he comes in to save the day in the chopper. And oh, so, God. And, and can I say them? Or have any. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he comes in to save that he's got there's tanks that are really making their job very difficult. They're trying to blow up the building that they're in, which is also wired to blow. <laughs> and they've got tanks firing shells at the building. It's quite a spectacular. It is spectacular. Sequence. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a rubbish sequence, but it's oh, know, ridiculous. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. And so the odds are really against them. But so then Harrison Ford comes in with Arnie and Jet Li on, in a couple of choppers, and no one, just one. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're both in the one chopper, and um, oh, that's right. They're fighting other choppers, so there's some dogfight going on. He he so fight, managed to fire off some missiles at the tanks, like a couple of missiles, and so he's got a chance to say some quips afterwards now we're talking about the movie that is trying to sort of give it give you some kind of meta humor view of an 80s action star or just even a star actually not necessarily action 80s 90s star their career and stuff like that so i take your points they're very subtle but he's got an opportunity to say something that might Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Yeah, he, might, he could have stolen. That would be brilliant. If he just stole, like, Willis's lines, that would be amazing. I would have loved that. That would have been so wimmy, much... Wimmy, wham, wham, so was That would have actually... <laughs> that would have really fit in this, right? But instead, 
what he gets are the equivalent of what you might have if you got a, a DVD together of classic um, sort of 80s sitcom uh, quips with lines such as, that's gotta hurt, or yeah. drummer's in the house. Drummer is in the house. That's terrible. Uh, what it I just wanted the is... audience to laugh and go, or go, ooh. <laughs> you know, yeah, sure. just like those kinds of stock, stock sounds. These are stock lines. Like horsing around. Exactly like horsing around. Thank you, Bojack. Thank you. What it reminded me of is like when you're playing Halo and you've got like three or four Marines that are AIs that are running around with you and you kill a bunch of guys, like they all have these stock lines that they say, like, get up so I can kill you again. Stuff like that, you know. <laughs> That's it, exactly. And, and the Marine dialogue is better than Harrison Ford's dialogue and dialogue delivery in this. Exactly. So whilst I like the Fordster, I don't necessarily like the fact that he's in this movie. So actually, no, okay. he's a no for me. Doesn't get a pass. No. Well, let's, 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 let's raise it a little bit. Mel Gibson. I'm wondering if it, we should just put Mel Gibson in another section. I mean, okay. I'll just say a quick word about him now. I am yeah. very happy he's in this movie. I have all sorts of feelings about Mel Gibson. And his career. How, I think, how can you not? Yeah, you yeah. Know? I think, I think though, okay, so it's actually quite similar to what I want to say about Kelsey Grammer, is that I like this character. Um, I'm not saying Mel Gibson was as bad a choice as Kelsey Grammer for, for that, that character. I just, because it, it's, it's just Mel Gibson and it's like, you know, I'm seeing Riggs, you know, I'm seeing him playing Riggs and it's like. But that's, see, that's what's great is like, he, he, he channels that, the, the stuff that he's, Famous for in his best roles. So you've got Mad Max, you've got Riggs from Definitely. Lethal Weapon, yeah. Porter from Payback. And these are anti-heroes, basically. They are heroic characters, yeah. but but they're also dangerous and crazy. Yeah, This is only the second time he's ever played a, a villain. And it's really great to see him use... He's got the best crazy eyes in the he business. He does, he does. <clears throat> so here's the thing about Mel Gibson. I mean, one of my favourite Mel Gibson movies is Ransom, actually. Um, and I think Pretty he does, he, I, it's because of his role in it and the way he plays his part. He really sells it. And he also does that thing of, I'm not going to act normal here. That's really, that's really what Mel Gibson does well. And he does it well in this. And there's a point when he's captured. Yeah. That speech he gives in the van when he's captured, for me, is you can't have a movie like this without a speech like that like nowadays because it's 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 answering everything that's going on in in hollywood at the moment uh with you know you just can't have this violence anymore without at least making a note to say come on there's double standards here right the good guys are killing just as many guys as and we addressed you know. it with expendables too and it was really yeah. nice to have him have that but i think the his he's got like a miniature arc in that scene that's fascinating to watch. Like it's what he does best. It's what he I does don't best. think yeah. the I don't think the Stonebanks character is as good a character as Villan from Expendables Two. Yeah, but I think enough, Mel yeah. Gibson is fucking destroying in this film. I think he's great, and I think in that scene in particular, every time I, I think I've seen this film about three times now, I'm just wide eyed. You know, gobsmacked just watching. So that's him. what it's... I was. That's what I was going to say. And so this is the reason why I'm hesitating and saying I actually don't think he fits because he's giving a caliber of acting and performance that doesn't fit in this movie because it's better than everyone else. Like much, much better than everybody else. 
But he needs that career revival in the same way that Wesley Snipes I wasn't does. aware of that. I didn't know that about Mel Gibson. I just thought well, he was doing fine. I didn't know. You know I've not been watching his career, really. I apart don't. from his problems with alcohol, he's a total pariah in Hollywood because of things he said to women. Oh, sure, I know about that. said about yeah, the yeah. Jews. Yeah, fine. Right? So he's, people don't really want to touch Mel Gibson these days sure, too okay. much. Okay. So it's interesting because... Um, what this movie does is it puts a kind of final new spin on what the original Expendables movie was doing. It's saying, we're also going to save dying actors. That's actually what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, and, great. And I'm okay with that. And not just that. There's a life lesson there as well of saying, we don't leave anyone behind kind of thing. And I don't know how much of that's Stallone or that's Stallone's intention, but there's something really nice. There's, there's one line in there about family. And I know we've talked before about how Fast and the Furious go on about family, family. It's too much. But I think this film actually gets it right in terms of saying there's something about when you make an alliance with somebody, you don't you don't just give up easily on it. And it's almost as though these are these are actors who many of them who either fearful or 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 actually have had the movie industry turn their back on them. They're in this film and doing good work. And it's kind of like, well, actually, you know, no matter what I've done in my life or what you think of me here I am and I'm working again and have a look this is what I can do and Banderas's character is the most explicit about that so let's talk about him the man with no friends Galgo Antonio Banderas how can you not love him what I wrote down was his charm yeah is a force of nature. <laughs> I'm so glad right? you wrote that I'm so glad and if he doesn't put a smile in your face in this film you're probably a Nazi. <laughs> I agree. A hundred percent agree. It shouldn't work. It's such an easy, stupid gag that he's the guy who never shuts up. Yeah, I think I know why your friends left you. You know, but he is just the, just, how can you not fall in love with Antonio Banderas? Antonio Banderas steals the favorite line for me. Go on. So Kelsey Grammer and Stallone just met him for the first time. And he's given Kelsey Grammer, who's a scout, a fake resume. So they think he's this 25-year-old go-getter. And that's actually the team that Stallone is gathering, you know, young, young, cool people. And he does a kind of like a parkour style descending from scaffolding in a build in on a building site. And he's like, yeah, this is the guy. Yeah, he's really good. I can see that. And then he comes down and he pulls off a bandana. And it's revealed, well, Banderas, Bandana. Sure. I'm sure yeah, that's great. it. Well, it's Zorro, right? It's what it is. Yeah. He's, okay. he's playing right. Zorro. And and so and he's coming off the, the thing and he, he leaps down and they're like, ah, Jesus, you're an old dude. You know, you're not, you're not this young guy we were expecting. And they just walk away from him, essentially. They say, hey, you know, nice to meet you, but goodbye, you know. They don't even give him a chance. And he's just left standing there like, and he just shouts, I need a job! <laughs> just love the way he says it. All I know to do is killing people. And I do it very well. Yeah, I do it very well. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. And it's just it's great. It's great. It's great. And it's great. Because, and his enthusiasm is there. It just makes me want to be, want to say, when he's happy, he screams how happy he is. I'm so happy right now! So, I mean, it's kind of one of the most problematic things in the film is at the end, 
he gets to do sort of that move that he did in Desperado with two guns, like flicking them and firing yeah, it's them at the that. Same time. It is it's that. really cool. And he's a very lithe, athletic sort of guy anyway. So he's killing fools left, right and centre. And he says something like, this is the happiest day of my life or yeah. something like that. Uh, yeah. And you think, wow, you've just killed like a hundred guys and you're orgasmically excited about this. Yeah. And I don't know why this somehow, I think you're right, because it kind of confronts it head on. It doesn't leave that nasty taste in your mouth that the second movie did for me, which was just, this is insane. Like they're just yeah. horrific people now. You yeah, know? yeah. I don't know quite what that is. Maybe it's just because Antonio Banderas is a god. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> well, it, again, you 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 hit the nail on the head. Is that he's got so much charm, he builds up so much cred that you do it, and then you realise his. You know, so Stallone's making jokes, of saying, "God, you talk." Basically, saying you talk so much, it's relentless. This is why your your crew left you, and yeah. they makes a gag about it, but it's not that explicit. But then later on, you learn. All the stories he's constantly telling, they're stories about his comrades who've died. That's right. And it's his way of dealing with his post-traumatic stress, basically. It's his way of saying, if I keep telling stories about these guys, they're the fantastic stories. They can't be true, you know. But they're like telling stories of the wounded. You know, it's a, I'm sure it's a tradition in, in many you know cultures to keep telling stories about people who have, who have died. And he's doing that as a means of dealing with his his own trauma. His enthusiasm is infectious. And then we also realise he's got a really sad story and he's saying it explicitly. This is all I've got left. This is all I know to do. And whilst it's supposed to be humorous and funny, it, it, it creates a character that is just adorable. And you just say, yeah, fine. If killing makes you happy, go for it. And it, it doesn't make it okay. It's just, well, he kind of gets a lot more leeway than we would give a character like Dolph Lundgren for example you don't so is it safe to say that of the new additions Antonio Banderas is your MVP without a doubt without a doubt I I, I mean I, I kind of have to give it to Gibson just because I just think Gibson's a phenomenal sure talent. but I um, will contend that it's he's just too good for this film which is a crazy yeah criticism isn't it but yeah. um, my, my biggest problem is they don't give snipes quite enough agreed yep he only there's a couple of kicks and a couple of knife moves i love his interplay with jason statham uh, and yeah. the fact that they're you know the new guard and the old guard and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff i just wish he had one ronda rousey type bit for himself he didn't you're right he he really didn't have his own little solo battle he was kind of legging it around rescuing he rescued rescued statham like at one point yeah you want everyone to do something. You want to give yeah. everyone to do something. And Wesley Snipes' bit is really all at the beginning. And by the time yeah. he's got, you want him to do more stuff in the sort of final sequence. Everybody else has needs some screen time too. So that that's my problem with bringing in the new blood. Yeah. I would have rather just have Ronda Rousey, get rid of the other three guys. Yeah. I think she's a fine addition to the crew. I would have preferred, actually, to have someone like Famke Janssen in that role. Someone who's of a comparable age, who's got the... You know, that sort yeah. of history of doing... Or just don't have things. so many new guys. But the point is, is that you need a full team if you're going to have the bit where Stallone goes on his own with a full team. Yeah. So you introduce a full team. But they could have all died except for Ronda Rousey and Smiley or whatever, if you want to... Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's flawed. It's got too many characters trying to be big, larger-than-life characters. 
not nearly enough of them got enough screen time. I mean, there's that guy. Um, I, can't, I forget his name again. The the weapon specialist in the new team, Mars Victor Ortiz. I would love love to have seen him do more in this actually because he looked like he had an interesting presence yeah, he, on screen. He had that one good bit where he jumps from one building to another, and that was a really impressive shot. Yeah, and I was like, oh, nice. But it's it's odd that you get someone because he's a fighter as well. He's a welterweight fighter, and the only time you see him throw a punch is when he's training at the beginning. Yeah, and then you've also got Jet Li who doesn't throw a single punch or kick in the no. film. He didn't look well. Put on a bit of weight, and he. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if that's it, but something. I thought Church what asshole. <laughs> yeah. So there's one other minor addition. The guy who plays the buyer for um, Mel Gibson is Robert Davy, the guy with all the acne scars. Yeah. Uh, who's in the greatest film ever made, Die Hard, playing Special Agent Johnson. And he was also, earlier on in this podcast, Max in Raw Deal. Yeah. So Just thought I'd mention him. Yeah. So I feel like I should apologise to you, because when we were deciding how we were going to do the Expendables films, I said, no, no, let's, let's do Expendables 3 separate to the other two, because Arnie's more of a co-star. And I think it probably does have more running time for him, but he just pops up every now and then, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, it's weird. It's like it's like he gets more cameos. I mean, no need for an apology. I mean, I, I agreed with you, and because that was my memory, is that Arnie's in it more. I'm not sure that the running time is any different from Expendables 2. The amount Maybe. of screen time. But it's split up over the movie, and <clears throat> yeah, Trench is a more integral character to the plot. He's, yeah, he's pretty much an Expendable now, isn't he? Yeah, who's kind of... He's he. It's like it's almost like Trench. So we know that Trench is an ex-expendable, but then also in this, it's like, yeah, I'm not an expendable. I'm doing my own thing, and now I've hired Jet Li as like he's working for me now, but I'm not not an expendable. It's kind of okay. Do, do you see what I'm saying? That's what it says about Arnie. So I don't know what's going on there. It's I, and I think that's to do with Stallone's rivalry. It spe- speaks a lot about how Stallone and Schwarzenegger work together and or not yeah and i think it's interesting that he's kind of like a separate contractor but he's not a competitor with yeah, sly anymore that's it that's exactly and it. The, the first time you see him in the film he goes to the hospital to see terry cruz as character um he's been you know mortally wounded by mel gibson as far as we understand it and um slides outside the hospital window looking in and arnie just approaches him and he says i'm getting out of this business I think you should do the same. And Sly says, not yet. Given the film that we're about to go on to after this, which is Maggie, I wonder if there's a little something in there as well, which is, this is my last go around of doing these action movies. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be back, but I really, really want to go and do that other thing now. I And I, I it has to be. There's so much in this that is speaking directly to their actual careers not just making funny references sometimes yeah of course but taking up a, another level where it's saying we are going to reference exactly what's going on what we think about the status of not only our careers but the industry as a whole and it's that's what it's doing and at the same time trying to tell some kind of fun action story those scenes are very telling and as telling as when harrison ford says that church isn't in the picture it's the same thing you know <laughs> So Arnie comes in, he, he, he saves the day. Then there's the traditional um, work hard, play hard scene at the end where they're all having a brewski together. Terry Crews comes back into the picture. Interestingly, Terry Crews was written to die in this film. Oh, right. Uh, Stonebanks was supposed to kill. And Terry Crews begged the filmmakers 
not to kill his character. Oh, right. He said, I'll be out of the picture. It's fine. I've got to go and do Brooklyn Nine-Nine anyway. But please don't kill me. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Like, he clearly wants to do more of these. He likes being a part of that crew. Yeah. He likes that character. Anyway, you get to the bar at the end. Arnie's got another loud shirt on. He's hanging out with Jet Li. His one action scene has been with Jet Li. They're killing fools together on the roof. And like you said, Slice says, so you're working for Trench now. And they have a little giggle together. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Work, working for? Well, that's not really what we're doing, is it? Why don't you get a room? We are near a room. Jealous? Or something like that. Yeah. Arnie and Jet Li are gay in this movie. Well, I'm not sure. I just think that's how that scene ended up getting cut. I don't honestly think that was the intention. I think it's 100% the intention. Really? Yeah, I really do. I mean, it's no no problem, but I just think if that was the intention, it should have been more explicit. Why not just make it more explicit? Why make it this kind of... What? Do they have a kiss on the roof? I don't know. What, 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 I don't know, but just like, it's subtle. It's subtle. It's, and I'm just saying, who cares as well at the same time? But Well, yeah. I'm raising it because we talked in the past about if one of Arnold's characters was going to be gay, which would it be? I think you said Conan. And I said uh, Ivan Danko. But I'm 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 going on the record. I'm saying trench is gay. Trench is the gay one. Okay, you know, fair and enough. It 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 does sort of explain why he's got a history of wearing really loud shirts in these films. <laughs> That's true. He is wearing like Hawaiian shirts, right? Uh, you know, I want to see now. I want to see a whole kind of Arnie Jetly spinoff where rom com. Yeah, rom com where they're like sitcom. Yeah, rom com sitcom with a. It's Yin Yang and Trench. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, um, it's it's it did occur to me, but I didn't. I I just thought that if that was true, they'd just make it more deliberate. Cigars. He gets some cigars. That's all I wrote down on that. Um, cigars. Yeah. So I mean, no. Just in fairness, it's like it, you're right to say apologies not necessary, but perhaps even apology to the fans. This isn't really an Arnie movie, and I don't. I think it is fair to say Arnie's not really in this enough to say that it qualifies as deserving its own episode. This movie has been interesting and is interesting to talk about. Um, Arnie is, Arnie's character is important enough to warrant it. Arnie's got no more than, you know, Harrison Ford has in it or, but they do every, they squeeze every last drop out of Arnie's character. Good morning. Let's get to the chopper. <laughs> and again, it's okay, but Arnie can't reference his own lines. It just doesn't do it well. He's, uh, he's ba- basically looking at the camera when he says it, right? I'm I'm just going to say, when he screamed, let's get to the chopper, I did laugh. Yeah. And when he said, I lied yeah. in the bar at the end, I got the old chills again. Good, the old chills. You got your, your yeah, well, okay. I'm, I've got a tension between, is do am I loving every time Arnie's on screen in this movie because I've been watching an Arnie film every week for the last year? <laughs> or is it because he is actually an interesting presence, right? Yeah. I can't, I don't think I can actually dissociate. It's, chi- from it's it. chicken and egg. We would never have started this thing. We would never have been into Arnie in the first place if he didn't have something. And he's got something. Yeah, and we've maybe, said it over and over again. Maybe. He's not the greatest actor. No. He's certainly a movie star. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's got an ease about him. Which I think that's really important. He fits in this movie. 
in a way that Mel Gibson doesn't fit in this movie. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a levity and an ease to his character. It's like Arnie's just kind of the chilled out dad. Like when all the kids are just kind of eh, going nuts and playing all these games. Arnie's just like, yeah, I'm just going to go around with my big gun. I'm going to kill people really easily. There's no threat to Arnie. None. Nah. Never, never is Arnie ever and under any threat. And in a film that's, <clears throat> or a series of films that's populated with big dudes, you still look at him when he comes up to the hangar to talk to Arnie and you go, you are still a massive dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the size of your chest, you know, and he's like 66 or something in this movie. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Stop dyeing your hair, but good for you. Yeah. Just on the film as a as a whole, I think it's a much better script than certainly the second one. I think it's genuinely quite funny. I'm glad a you, I laughed a lot. Yeah, I did laugh. And I, I, I put as much of that down to the the direction as the script, but the script is tighter. I mean, we talked about how. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. There's no like real setup and punchline in Expendables 2. It's just the characters laughing and it's like, that's not a line of dialogue. That's terrible. That's shouting into a void. They actually have, it's not the greatest dialogue, but the dialogue works. They have gags. They have gags. Plenty of them. And characters. Yeah. And I think the reason that I draw on the scene between um, Snipes and Statham, and we can move into lines if you like. Yeah, because yeah, I just I got a really good one again. I love... Um, he comes into the cockpit. He's he's saying to Statham, like, is that real or whatever? About his tattoo. He says, it's authentic. Yeah, and he yeah. points at his tattoo and he goes, is that real? He goes, oh, no, I spend three hours putting that on every morning with a black biro. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. My delivery of it's shite. No, it's okay. Statham's delivery of it is great. And you look at Statham in this and you go, you need to do a comedy, sir. You need to do a comedy. And I'm so glad that he went and did Spy next. Yeah, which I've he, not seen. I've not seen. Yet. He kills in that. Yeah. He's absolutely great. Yeah. Go on, what was your line? No, it's the line that made me laugh the most. So the team have met Banderas for the first time. Like Stallone's already been hanging out with him. And you've got Dolph Lundgren. Who's the other dude? can't remember his name. Randy Couture. Yeah. And then there's one other guy there as well with him. Wesley Snipes? Oh, yeah. And they're sat opposite Antonio Banderas in the, in the plane. And Banderas is just talking and talking and talking and telling stories. Randy Couture looks at his watch and goes, yeah, it's going to be a long-ass flight. It's great! And Banderas yeah. doesn't miss a beat. He's still talking, talking over it, and just goes, it's going to be. It's going to be. Do not worry, because I am here, and I cannot sleep on a plane. <laughs> it's, like, it's fantastic. It's just his boundless energy. Yeah, he's like a it's cat just like, in the film. I was saying, you're the reason it's going to be a long flight. And he's like, but don't worry. It's true. I can, it's very true. It's very true. I, can, I cannot sleep. I will be here for you. You know, it's like, he doesn't, it doesn't touch him. He doesn't. He doesn't gauge at all that any, uh, this is uncomfortable for anybody. The amount he's speaking, it's fantastic. And it, it carries through like to that. He's got uh, his action scene is is in parallel with Ronda Rousey's. So they're in this basement room and they're killing people and they're like they're watching out for each other's backs as well. And they steal a couple of kills from one another and everyone's dead and they're leaving the room together. And he, he says, "You're not going to believe it. I was thinking about you the whole fight. I was thinking about you." I love it. He kind of, because he, I think there's a moment and I don't, you don't even see it happen. But basically he, I think he kind of rescues Ronda Ramsey from a, from a little That's right. moment. And, but they're, so they're quite close at the moment. He's helping her up and he's like, take my gun. And, no, no. He says, oh, right. would you like to hold 
Magan. Yeah, that's it. That's the way. Bamanos chica. Bamanos chica. That's it. And, 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 but there's something about his, he's not being creepy, but he probably kind of is. And so it's kind of, there's this kind of tension of like, is this okay? Is this, and, but he's charming. So you kind of say, yeah, maybe it is okay. And also at the same time, he is playing on the Zorro kind of, yeah. woman in distress thing ronda rousey's not really having any of it at all <laughs> she's just kind of like okay dude whatever your thing is it's fine he's sort of fallen in love with her instantly yeah and, and it's because of his neediness it's because of his he has no friends kind of that's he, he keeps referencing that but what's so what's really nice about it and the reason why it works is because all the characters let him have it nobody ever you kind of expect it to happen and it never happens Nobody ever says, just shut up or yeah. quiet or what. They just let him have it. And I think it's because they all know he's like this because of the shit he's been through. Yeah, he lost his family. Yeah. And now he's found a new one. And he, the only thing he wants, apart from a job, yeah. is to be a part of that family. Yeah. He's begging for it at the end. Yeah. And, I, you know, I love it when he goes, I think I was my weight in gold. <laughs> <It's so brilliant. laughs> and I spent a lot of money on this tattoo. <laughs> yeah. That's it's really good. I'd love to know how much of that is Banderas uh, because yeah. in the in the behind the scenes stuff, yeah, he got approached by Stallone because they did uh, Assassins together way back in the, right, um, which is a terrible film. But he was approached by Stallone, but and the character bad, yeah. I think it is bad. I, I think the character was called Toro or Matador or something like that, and he said. You know how they've all got those ridiculous code names like yeah. Caesar and Christmas. Yeah. I'm not going to play it if it's called Matador. And he said, well, what, what do you think? He said, uh, Galgo. And I can't remember what Galgo stands for. But it's, I know, do I? I don't know. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's, it's an authentically Spanish code name, basically. Right, okay. And that was his main thing. And I just wonder if he took that into those dialogue scenes and just said, I'm just going to riff. Just let me do my thing. I've got, I've got it plenty. Does, it does really play like that. If it's yeah. written and he's just saying what's written on the page, that's fantastic writing. I mean, really is. <laughs> It's fantastic acting. Yeah, as well. yeah, that too. But to, to just pull it off like that, to really get what it was that was being said and the energy behind it, good directing too as well. I, yeah. I have to say, but and also really good directorial decision to let him riff if that is indeed what was going on in that uh, scene in the back of the van with Mel Gibson, and he's trying to convince Stallone into saying, "Forget about these guys. Forget about the guns. Let's you and me go at it." And he says, "What do you say? Mix it up." Either you snap my spine, me snapping yours, you know, make it snappy. Yeah. And Kellen Lutz laughs and he goes, he thinks I'm joking. I'm not joking. You should see me when I'm angry. You'd be very impressed. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love that. And, like, and that and is pure what's great about, yeah. What's great about him is, I mean, he looks weathered. He's got more lines on his face yeah, than really Tommy Lee deep. Jones at this yeah, point. Really deep. It really yeah. suits him because he's so, still got those incredible eyes and... He's still in really good shape. Yeah, yeah. So when when he goes hand to hand with Stallone at the end, you really buy that he could kick the shit out of him. Yeah. And you know it ends with, "I am the heat," which is "I am the law," right? It's Judge Absolutely. Dredd reference, of course. Which I, I didn't bit... like. I didn't like that line. It was just That's fine. Too it's fine. The only other line going back to it being quite funny. <laughs> I love um, when they're walking through the woods and um, I think it's Randy Couture spots that Lundgren's got the computer watch thing on. He's like, that's like the one that the kid had that uh, you were giving him shit for. He's like, 
No, I had this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. It was really good. It's, good, it's, good his, it's his best and I think one of his only lines. Yeah. He had nothing to do in this, Dolph Lundgren. There was just one thing. Listen, I know it's totally unbelievable. What? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry to burst the bubble, man. Uh, but there are some, you know, so I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to be like, mm, this didn't make sense. And how did they get from here to there so soon? And there's lots of that in this. The final building explodes in a fantastic way. Stallone is like running to the top of the building. He miraculously gets to the top of like a six or seven story building to, to get to the roof, to jump as it's exploding onto the chopper. That's just leaving the roof. And he hangs onto the, the, whatever the the wire the rope that's hanging from the from the chopper the, they can't see amongst all the smoke and dust and debris that he's actually hanging and it's this tense moment and stallone just kind of swings and like emerges into shot and it's like yeah yeah Stallone's there and it's like yeah pull me up come on and it's like are you gonna fire us again it's like statham's like are you gonna leave us again and he's like no come on pull me up pull me up and I just couldn't get around this kind of... I was sort of smiling a little bit. Because I was like, oh, okay, they're doing their banter thing. But it's like, I just got real for a moment. I was like, that guy's been shot. <laughs> he's been... He's hanging by a wire. How guilty would you feel after everything you've been through? He just said... <laughs> <laughs> he just falls. Oh, I thought oh, you were going to say... He held the rope and we didn't pull him up. When the, and he, he just, when the, cables, when the cable swings back into shot... There was just a pair of arms, <laughs> nothing else. Just burning. Just He'd a, just been sliced in half by some debris. A burning corpse. <laughs> but no, but yeah. that's the thing. After all of that, after all that danger and, and, and trepidation, it's like, well, come on, guys. Yeah, pull him up. He's How long can he actually hold on to that rope? And you'd feel so terrible. It was like, Very long, yeah. Can you imagine? And But th- that's the thing is that the whole thing is about sticking together and, you know, looking out for each other but they're letting their boss who's been shot who's just done everything that he's just done hang from a rope and I, there's a part of me that kind of darkly wanted it to happen and have have just the movie end there with all of them just like aghast like oh my god we let him die oh my god numbers it's your numbers budget 90 million wow million you said it you said it right you said it right yeah, yeah. Worldwide gross, $127 million, mm. which is okay. It's not great when you take marketing into it. Body count, 480. Jesus, that's the kind of... Remember on the last episode, last Expendables episode, I was like, oh, I expected it to be more. That's like, in the 400s, that's like... That's, that's, yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's the, it's the same amount you get when you're playing a, a, a shooter game or whatever. You know, that's what you expect. It's re- it, it's insane. It's just at that level where it's like, it really doesn't matter anymore. It's your numbers. Where would you rank Expendables 3 in just the Expendables franchise? Uh, I think it's my favourite, I have to say. I know that the... the so it's, it actually goes 3-1-2 for me. That's the order. I think I pretty much agree with that. Yeah. It, there's not much between them, but I think with a couple of changes, this could have been a really good film. Yeah. Uh, it's just a bit baggy in the middle and I just don't see the need for three of those new characters. Go on, which three do you want to get rid of? I never really asked. I don't... The three new guys, Victor Ortiz, Kellen Lutz, and Colin Powell, or whatever his name was. But you'd still keep Ronda Rousey in it. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you rank it overall? Mm. It's really easy for me. I'm going to put it 
just above Expendables 1 and 2. So underneath Raw Deal and above them. So right now, I got sort of Conan the Barbarian at 11, T3 um, at 12. I'm going to put it under T3 above Kindergarten Cop. Okay. Now, one of the things I like about Stonebanks, the Gibson character, is that he's such a large character and he's so personally entwined in uh, the Expendables history that he doesn't have a young sidekick like the previous two did with Sky Atkins and Stone Cold and Gary Daniels. So if there was an Expendables 4, who would you cast as the main villain and who would you cast as his sidekick? I would cast James Spader as the main villain. Okay. Although, again, I think I would regret it instantly because if my major concern with Mel Gibson is that he's better than everybody else, I think James Spader would be fantastic compared to everybody else. And so everyone has to up their game and I'm not sure everybody could. No offence, but it just... Uh, no. How about this? Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, as the villain. Yeah. Yeah. And her sidekick could be... Tom Cruise? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah, just in a five-minute yeah. action scene, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, no, Gina Carano. <sighs> She's an MM girl as well. She was in Fast 6. That would be quite cool. That really works. And, you know, Sigourney Weaver's an uh, inspired decision, because, you know, her... 80s action star status is is solid. Really? It's, yeah, yeah. It's solid. That's all you need. No, it's just there's nothing. There's no getting around that. And she was held on to the Ripley role like forever and ever. And so I I just think that that's um that would be excellent to have Sigourney Weaver play the villain. And she doesn't necessarily need to do even a lot of action if she if she's no not no she just be really smart yeah yeah just she's she, running the game yeah. So what are we doing next, Alex? Next. Maggie. Finally. And we had a lot of ideas about how to really mark this and make it a bit special. We thought about maybe having an audience in or or separately have a couple of people watch the movies with us and see what their take on it was as, as non-Arnie fans. But in the end, we got in touch with Marek Larwood from the Film Fandango podcast and a comedian in his own right. And uh, he, he's joining us for it. He's going to watch it with us. And talk about it with us. And... Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be great. Um, and I think, you know, it would have been difficult to arrange to do, you know, Maggie in a cinema with an audience and stuff like that. You know, maybe one day we'll do it. Maybe even on the next season of our podcast. So, yeah, Maggie's the big one because neither of us have seen it. We've both really held off on watching We've been it. we waiting um, for ages. If you're interested in watching it, it is currently playing on Sky, if you've got access to Sky. Uh, so give it a watch. It's only about an hour and a half long. And join us next time for the discussion about that. Until next time... And The Hague. Drummer's in the house. <laughs> I should have said that. Facebook. Facebook. Forward slash The Arnithology. Twitter. Twitter. At the Arnithology. Email. The Arnithology at gmail.com. Website. Website. www.arnithology.com. Get in touch.